0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: From an Olympic medal-winning athlete to sports administrator, and now in charge of Team GB for the next Olympic Games, which is, in effect, just days away. Yes, we have our ideal guest. I'm Michael.
2: And I'm John, and this is the latest episode of Great British Bosses, the podcast series from anything but footy, that meets the women and men who run sport in this country.
0: Hi, my name's Georgie Harland and I am chef de Mission for Team GB for the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games.
1: Georgie, I said right at the start that the Winter Olympics are just days away. It's come around alarmingly quickly, hasn't it? How is everything going as far as Team GB is concerned?
0: Yeah, we are definitely the sharp end now with a small matter of Christmas in between. So, you know, I, I think for, for others it may have sprung up on them but obviously we've been planning this for a number of years now but uh, it is different uh, kind of springing off the back of Tokyo heading into Beijing um, but you know we've we've been planning this for a while and um, as always we, we, we're confident in those plans and we're going to create an amazing uh, environment for our athletes.
1: How much do you take from the way that the Tokyo games were staged? Obviously the playbooks for Beijing have just been released as well and there must have been a lot of information for you to try and take in in a short space of time but how much do you take from the experience of having done one COVID games in your role there?
0: It's absolutely the cornerstone of, of our planning uh, going into Beijing. So, it's not ideal having Olympic Games within six months to each other and all the preparation that is is needed around that. Um, but equally, it just absolutely has its opportunities, and one of those is is fundamentally we've just come back from Tokyo, just delivered a fantastic Games. We've just you know managed as You mentioned there the playbooks, which is our rules of engagement, um, that we'll, we'll go into Beijing with. So, some great learnings, um, from Tokyo that, yeah, absolutely, we're taking to Beijing.
2: You were the deputy in Tokyo, Georgie. Have you actually unpacked yet?
0: <laughs> I have to unpack because it's a different set of kits to go to oh. Beijing, but uh, it's a good question. I uh Yeah, because obviously there's been a lot going on between Tokyo and Beijing. So, yeah, I have managed to unpack and my children have picked out all the goodies that they want and wandered around in oversized kits. So that got unpacked and I had a a small break before um, we focus in on Beijing. And I think, you know, how I look at it is, um, you know, it, it is it is intense. Uh, But actually, come March next year, we can look back, hopefully with pride, at at delivering those two games within six months of each other.
2: And two questions in one. You're the first uh, female chef de mission for for Team GB. What does that mean and how different will it be from being the deputy in Tokyo?
0: Well, I think the first one is... um, you know, I think people love me. I, I don't like to label myself in, in terms of, of seeing myself as, as standing apart from others, but of course I'm proud. I'm proud of being the first female chef de mission and indeed um, Olympian um, with that. So I just hope you know that I can inspire someone. Um, I looked up to people as I was transitioning out of sport and uh, had some good conversations with people. So if I can just give... Um, you know a, a young female aspiring um, chef to mission the opportunity that to think they can do it then then clearly i'm i'm, I'm really proud of that and i guess the, to the second part of your question of, of going from deputy chef to, to chef, um, well, as, as chef to mission, I have overall responsibility across all of our projects. So, as chef to mission for both Rio and Tokyo, I had a focus on what we call our athlete pillar. So, that's the focus on all the athlete facing projects. So, One Team GB, which is our culture program, um, our ND, our nearest and dearest program. Um, and and so sort of the list goes on around athlete facing projects. Whereas, for as chef to mission, I have overall responsibility across. All projects so across our pillars of performance athletes um operations and and sport so um yeah we have a number of projects within that
1: i want to talk about your transition from athlete the term that you just used there shortly but another curious term is chef mission, team manager chief executive of the team what <laughs> is it you actually do what's the roles the responsibilities you can't i guess put them on one side of a four can you
0: not quite although i try to um as as chef de measure so it's the french term obviously the the, the... Band of the olympic movement being being french so it's it's a french term in terms of chef we actually had a we had a staff um hq we call our hq training day last week so we brought all of the staff together that are be going to be fundamental to delivering the games and we did take them to a to a a cooking um experience together so you can imagine what it said on my hat on my white uh, cooking hat but um so no there's no cooking involved thankfully but i you know i have I have to make just ultimately I have to make decisions. I'm supported in that by our, our CEO and our director of, uh, of sport, Mark England, who is chef to mission for, for Tokyo and Rio, has been a, a big support around this. Um, and obviously our senior leadership team. So while I uh while I make decisions, there are there are people above me that ultimately um support me in those in those decisions. But look, on the ground, things will happen. We know they will happen. Um, you know, things we will need to look at and make decisions around. So Ultimately, I, uh, I, I, I guess the buck slightly sits with me really around that, um, and and that's a great opportunity for me to kind of step up from 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 making decisions, making proposals around the athlete facing projects to actually looking across the board at what we're delivering and um, and ultimately making some decisions around that.
1: Because people always talk about the preparedness of Team GB when it gets to Games time, we hear stories about how. In Rio, you send plumbers and electricians in advance to make sure the village works for you. That is not just about being there and being ready on a practical level. That is, I guess, a performance advantage readiness as well,
0: isn't it? Absolutely. And we pride ourselves on that. We pride ourselves on no matter what the environment and Beijing will be different. It'll be different to Tokyo no matter what the environment. Uh, You know, the tougher it gets, the better we get. Um, and that's what we pride ourselves on. And I've got great, um, I've got a great team working with me and supporting me on this huge amount of experience, huge amount of skill sets. Um, and, and as I said, we we got together last week and, and I get, you know, it was, it was a really good day because that's absolutely what demonstrated. We've got great minds working on this. We've got, um, Great support in, in the embassy, the FCO, working in, in Beijing, supporting us. We, we had already been out to, to, to Beijing a number of times um, before the pandemic hit, but clearly we haven't been out for, for, for two years now. Typically, we would go out a number of times uh, before the Games, a number of times every year to go out to make sure we walk the floor. Some of that has been taken away from us, but actually how do you look at how you do that but just in a different way? So with all these things, it just it just forces you to think differently and think creatively, really.
2: You mentioned about taking on the athletes pillar in in terms of performance. What can we expect from Team GB then in Beijing? How many athletes across sports, that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, so we've got, uh, our team size is actually at 54, estimated um, across 17 disciplines. So we're representing across more more disciplines than ever, which is obviously really exciting for us. And across that, we've got got some real talent, whether it's returning Olympians, whether it's um, Olympians, whether they'll be first-time Olympians, returning Olympians or actually, some that will be probably looking beyond uh, beyond Beijing to Milano Cortina. Um, so we've got a really exciting team coming together. Clearly, some have had more competition experience than others over the last two years. Um, so I think across the world there'll be some unknowns as to to you know who's actually who's actually out there and who's going to be um, vying vying for the top spots. But All we can do is, you know, from our side, obviously, is focus on that environment. And and as you're probably telling, that's really important to me around the culture that we create, Uh, because in my mind, the better the culture, sorry, the better the environment, you know, a, a welcoming, comfortable environment where they feel that they belong and they're connected to it is only going to support these athletes to perform. So, that's what we do, um, and and the, the athlete's responsibility is is to, to be as prepared as they can be, um, and to get to that start line. And and you know you know as well as I, I've stood on that start line of Olympic Games, and um, and it comes down to you know managing yourself within that environment. So we prepare the environment and at seats for the athletes to, to step onto that field of play and, 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 and do their best. You know, I know that may sound cliche. I know that may say cliche, but, but that's absolutely why, what, what I, what I truly believe in is is we can't ask them to do better than their best. Right. So <laughs> let's prepare the environment um, and, um, and, and they can have a good experience and the results will follow.
2: And you mentioned there about the results and you being an athlete knows the pressure that that, that brings. So the fact that each Winter Olympics, Team GB is getting better um, from Pyeongchang, Sochi to Pyeongchang to now Beijing. Do you feel that pressure?
0: I used to think standing on the start line was pressure. I think it's just different. It's it's different. I feel um, when I was an athlete, you know, I think a lot of athletes are great because they're, they're pretty selfish at what they do and that gets you to where you, where you want to be, you know, we're nice people, but you know, at the end of the day, when you, if you want to get to the front of the start line, there are things that, you know, you are quite selfish as an athlete. And, um, and so you're very single-minded in that. I had great, great athletes that I, that I trained alongside and inspired me. Whereas now I find myself in a position where, you know, 54 or or how many athletes we actually land on are coming to the games and, um, And they've they've come, they've done, put all that work in, they have dreams, they have aspirations. And um, yeah, we need to make sure that environment is absolutely spot on for them so they don't have to worry about that. So it's a different, it's a different pressure. Um, But I guess I just take a lot of confidence around the people that I uh, have around me um, that are preparing that, as I said before, we we have the best doing this. And um, so that relieves some of that pressure, but yeah, ultimately the buck stops with me slightly. So, um, so yeah, I do, you know, I have those waking moments during the night and just to check and challenge what we're doing. And, but I think that's right. And that's right and proper. And I think that represents how, um, You know, the pride I have in the role that we do, you know, that I have, and indeed the whole team has in this.
1: People will talk about targets, people will talk about funding when we go to an Olympic Games, but in more general terms, Georgie, GB Snow Sport have got this stated ambition they want to be a top five nation by 2030. There's great sort of heritage, if you like, in sports like skeleton and curling. Are we looking forward then to an event where there will be? Plenty of Team GB success in early 2022.
0: Look, I think sport. If, if sports want to put a medal target out there, then absolutely, that's within their right to do so. So I feel quite strong. I'm not putting a medal target out there. Um, I think we've got some really exciting athletes athletes out there. Um, yeah, I'm not going to put a medal around their neck. But what I would say is, you know, if the stars align and um, these exciting athletes get to the start line first of all you know this is a this is a high jeopardy sports we're talking about here if the stars align then it's going to be an exciting games for us
1: so just finally then before we move on to talking a bit more about you and your career path which winter sport do you like to partake in are you a skier snowboarder ice skater do we see you down the <laughs> curling ring
0: <laughs> Um, my daughter gets extremely embarrassed by my dancing, so um, which I, I like to do while she watches Strictly on a Saturday night. So I am not a dancer. I'm, I'm not a figure skater, but um, I actually spent a lot of time um, doing uh, uh, cross-country skiing as part of my training for for Pentathlon. And so we spent a lot of time um, out in the Alps training. So I've got a bit of a soft spot for ski biathlon and, um, and, and cross-country skiing because I spent quite a considerable time doing it. So having done it and experiencing the... the the burn on your lungs um it's uh yeah so I will it's that's something that I really enjoy doing but I I um but equally I love watching all the things that there is no way I'd be able to do it. You know the freestyle events of you know what 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 they do um, is is incredible. I guess you know as part pentathlon I, I had the precision of shooting. So if I look at curling, you know I understand the tactics around that. I understand what it takes to put that stone in the place they do. I, I obviously I'm I'm not I I haven't got into detail of it, but I can understand the skill that that requires to do that. So. I think across the sports, there's something something for everyone. But, um, yeah, cross-country skiing is obviously the one that that I I understand the pain, basically, (laughs) that they go
2: through. Uh, You mentioned Mark England earlier. I've never actually asked him this question. How much do you guys get to watch, actually, the sport? Or is it literally firefighting?
0: um it depends it depends so when you think you have a day where you're going to go out and watch some sport typically um you leave your door and return to your door pretty quickly because you've got to deal with something else but um yeah I think it's 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 a hybrid of of both really you know we like to be out we like to be supporting our athletes and of course without with no international spectators having the union flags in the in the stadium is going to be as important as ever just supporting those athletes so Definitely, we wanted to get the team out to support um, and cheer and be heard. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a mix between that and actually just dealing with what's in front of you. And as I, as I said before, the focus has to be on creating the right environment. That is what we can control. So if there's any blip or or challenge around that, that absolutely obviously, obviously has to be my priority rather than standing with a union flag in my hand.
2: You mentioned you were an Olympian earlier, a bronze medalist at that, and in, in Athens. What's your memories? of that now
0: like all things with with time the pain diminishes so (laughs) so I guess my memories of that obviously are standing on the podium at the end um I do remember and again as I said I I kind of feel in in curling when you have that pressure on you and it's all about precision so the shooting for me was was a bit of a disaster in Athens um so I remember very vividly kind of that moment where the shot went wrong and, and kind of mentally having to come back from that and and then mentally transitioning from shooting into fencing um but of course you enjoy the best bits which is which is standing on the podium I remember embracing my friends and family afterwards kind of that recognition that they were on that journey with me as much as as me um, but the Olympic Games is just incredibly special there's nothing else like it so to be in that environment stepping into the olympic village for the first time people talk about it but until you experience it you know that buzz that feel that um all those nations coming together and just for one thing really they all understand each other and and whether you're a, you know a, a enormously tall basketball player or you know a tiny cox from the from the from the from the rowing or whatever that looks like, you kind of all come together with the with the same ambition, no matter what your background, no matter what your beliefs. And I think that's incredibly special. Um, and I do remember that buzz and that feel. And and obviously I take that into what I do now. I take that what I felt about being a member of Team GB and what was important to me and my, you know, my my the other athletes around me. And some of those experiences, of course, I, I take them into. Into, into the, to the world I'm, do, I'm doing now and, and my role as, as chef de mission and the responsibility I found, found around that of sort of creating this, this great space for athletes.
1: You were, as we've said, a modern pentathlete, a world champion, an Olympic medalist. And a confession to make, but only today has someone come up to me in the school playground when I was dropping my kids off and spoken to me about modern pentathlon because people are currently discussing the future of the sport after the scenes that we saw, certainly with the horse riding section in Tokyo. What are your views? I know you've released a statement. What can you tell us about your views of the future of modern pentathlon?
0: I think I think right now I'm feeling um, I'm feeling kind of sadness and frustration at the situation really I think um, it's been something that has been present within Pentathlon for a number of years now and and I've talked about the fact that I sat on the athletes commission for six years I sat on the executive board as part of that and and tried to promote this as, as something that we needed to address so I guess my frustration is 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 I I believe that this moment could and sh- shouldn't should have happened, um, and we could have addressed it earlier because you know equestrian is a fantastic discipline, everything about it, um, and and you see that across the equestrian disciplines themselves. So, um, you know, and 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 secondly, is really the impact it has on, on on those athletes, and and I guess the care and attention to those athletes, and they are the backbone of, of every sport, um, and they need to be taken. Their, their their thoughts and they need to be taken um, into consideration really and due care and attention taken to that. So I guess that's that's another level of my disappointment really of, of the impact it's having on the athletes.
1: And we saw terrific performances, didn't we, by Team GB in Tokyo. I think I recall it was a Saturday morning, huge TV audience in the UK. People, like I said this morning in the playground, people were asking me about modern pentathlon. People were talking about Kate French and about Joe Chun weren't they in the summer? Yeah.
0: it's just uh, yeah, absolutely it's uh, I mean Joe and Joe and Kate absolutely you can't do more than that can you deliver two gold medals? so they absolutely delivered for us and I think what they demonstrated was the excitement of the of, of you know in the laser run the last discipline the excitement around that. You know there was, it's a really um exciting sport to be involved with, and of, of course, watching Britain stand on the top um step of the podium in both the men's and women's individual was an was extremely proud moment. And I think, um, yeah, I just you know, I, it's important they're able to enjoy that enjoy that moment, um, as as we go through what the sport is doing at the moment.
2: Last question, then, from us, um, you will say it's luck, but how do you get from bronze medal winning in athens to being chef de mission beijing how how does that work (laughs)
0: um i don't think there's one pathway i have to say and i i do sometimes pinch myself that i'm i'm here really and i think that's an important message though is is that um you know when you step out of sport the world feels very very big you have to remember that that these athletes are aspiring to be the best in the world but you want to be the best in the world at something. So when you stop sport, you step away and you go, okay, so I'm the best in the world at that. So how do I, what do I become the best in the world? That's your aspiration. (laughs) So to some people that feels very odd. So I am, you know, there is that, it's tough. It's tough when you step out of, of sport, however much you've prepared yourself for that. And there's great support out there. And I think, I mean, governing bodies take that um very seriously now about support and UK sport support they offer um so I stepped out and, and I started you know I just looked at what I was interested in and, and off the back of the games I ruptured my calf muscle just before a month before the Beijing Olympics so I had a period of time where I sat on the sofa I watched I watched um the Beijing games ironically now going back to Beijing um, I watched the Beijing games with kind of tears rolling down my, my face kind of thinking what next um, and then, you know, I've talked about this. I started writing letters to people. I wrote a letter to Seb Co. I, well, um, uh, I think it was an email, rather than a letter, actually, an email. Um, but um, to Seb, I wrote an email to to Sir Clive Woodward, and um, I just kind of said, look, I'm, I'd just love to get involved with with something. Is there anything I can get involved with? And then I, I started, I was interested in psychology. So I started working with British Canoeing um, with their slalom athletes. Just, it was something that really interested me, you know, this this sense of kind of getting to the start line, managing, your, managing yourself in that environment. So um, I spent some time working with them and it was, to be fair to them, they gave me an opportunity there. You know, they kind of, I didn't have a lot of experience um, doing that and they kind of took me under their wing and, and spent some time there. And then realized actually that, I traveled the world for x you know a long period of time and i i didn't i i wanted a family um and traveling the world for six months a year was not something that was sort of conducive in my mind to having a family at that time so and that's where i guess the boa came in really just um having the opportunity to be close to sport uh working with something that's important to me but um but not traveling the world all the time. Although my husband may say differently now, <laughs> as I head towards Beijing. But um yeah, and, and, and I guess just the opportunities came to me. I think I looked for them um and, and grabbed opportunities. I wasn't worried about shifting as well. If something wasn't quite right, I kind of, I gave it a good enough shot, but if it wasn't right, I'd kind of look for the next opportunity. And then, um and then just started work at the BOA. And I think I think just hard work, a lot of hard work, a lot of belief in in what was important to me um, and staying strong to that. And um, and then finding myself as deputy chef, I think probably the biggest shot was was being offered deputy chef to de mission. I just returned from maternity leave and um, Mark, Called me into a into a room and I actually think I thought he was going to say to me, "Look, Georgie, it's great to have you back. I just don't think this is working out because I actually had come back and he offered me the deputy chef role for Rio. So it was a bit of a kind of um, and um, and with obviously with a focus on athletes and and it kind of went from there really um, and and clearly they thought I did an okay job through through Rio. But um, yeah, I think it's just staying strong to your beliefs and your values and what's important to you really. Um, And here I find myself.
2: Well, it's been a hugely successful journey. We know that there'll be more success to come. Uh, Georgina Harland, Team GB, Chef de Mission for Beijing. Thanks for talking to great British bosses.
0: Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.